Hello, Balls of Magic. My name is Alex. My pronouns are they, them. And hi, it's Kim. I'm back again for episode three. To you are listening to How to Be Queer When You Pretend You Are Straight. This episode is all the crazy questions that people have asked us. So a little bit of background, if maybe you've missed episode one or two, um, go back and listen. But for a quick, uh, quick update, I, Kim here, <laughs> pretended to be straight for about 15 years and then finally got the courage to come out of the closet in my early 40s. So I am have been queer, obviously, my whole life. Spoiler alert, that's one of the questions I get. When did you know you were queer? Well, I've always known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I maybe just didn't tell you. But how long have you been queer? I've been queer <laughs> since the dawn of time. <laughs> right? Oh. But let's talk about what we're... So that's a little... Or well, and Alex, you want to tell everybody super quick who you are? Um, my... Uh, Just how I, if they haven't listened to the first two episodes, give me your your one sentence. Who are you? Oh, I am a non-binary, trans, masculine human being and partner, parent. Perfect person. (laughs) (laughs) Work in progress. Work in progress. I'll take it. So this week we thought, um, last week, so our past two episodes, our first week we did sort of our coming out stories or coming out, going back into the closet story. And then in week two, we talked about the alphabet mafia mafia. and alphabet soup and all the different identifiers within the LGBTQ community and where Alex and I identify within the community. And so this week, we thought it would be super fun to share with you all, all of the, the random, random stuff, all the random questions people ask you when you've pretended to be straight, when you're really queer, and I guess like how we answer them. So this is our list of random yeah. ass questions. And I, I think I also want to just kind of like, you know, it, that it's funny that the podcast is like that we pretended we were straight, but we did I mean, we knew... But right. it's funny. Because, it's funny. It's a yeah. little tongue in cheek, right? Yeah. Yes. That's a little bit of our humor. Okay. So I say we alternate. You should go first, and then I'll do. So you do one of your questions, okay. and I'll do a question, and then we, and then you do a question. So again, these are these are questions that after I came out in my forties and explained to people how queer I actually was, um, after they didn't know. Um, after knowing me in some cases for really long, long periods of time, um, these were questions that they had for me and just to make it super fun. Not only did I explain to them that I was queer, I also told them that I was in love with you and you, as you already stated, are a non-binary trans mask human being. So it was like, it was like a double mint mint commercial, right? Like double your pleasure, double your fun. That was what it was like. So I, what, I not only did I tend to get a lot of questions about being a lesbian, people want to know a lot about you. And some of the questions, they aren't even about me. They're about us mm-hmm. and, and how I relate in a romantic, physical, spiritual, all the things relationship with a trans partner. 
people had no shortage of questions. Let yes. me just let me just put it that way. I mean, how else would what else do you want to say before we get into these questions? Yeah, I I think it's just you know when you um, something is new and your our people's brains kind of spin and they answer very or they ask very very interesting questions. They do. So yes. I'm gonna start. And I'm gonna like come out like with a bang here. Okay. Um, so a little bit of background. Um, you guys heard me talk about my mom in the first episode of when I initially tried to come out to her. Um, that her uh, perspective at the time was that gay people should essentially do what they wanna do, but stay in a closet, right? It wasn't for anyone else to know. So I'm really happy to report that that is not where my mother is today. And she is a fierce ally for um, for me, for Alex, and for the community as a whole. Um, and so, you know, I came out to my mom and even, even up to maybe like a month before I came out to my mother, she was still insisting that she didn't know any gay people. And I would say to my mom, actually, mom, you do. Hint, hint, and it, it, she, my mom didn't take to the subtlety. Like she needed me to be super direct. So um, after a couple months after I had told my mom that I was gay, and um, we really worked at hearing each other and repairing our relationship and getting um, to the place we are today, my mom um, then met Alex. And when they met you, or when my mother met you, she didn't meet you as Alex. Right. She did meet you as um, your dead name. And different so, pronouns. Different pronouns. And so yeah. part of the process of me coming out to my mom was, was also telling my mom that I was very much in love with you. And then a couple months later, you transitioned. Mm -hmm. And so I will never forget this conversation with my mother. My mom is in her 70s it's quite possible my mom is going to hear this podcast. So mom, know that like I'm impersonating you completely and totally from a place of love. So my mom has now accepted the fact that I'm a lesbian. My mom has accepted the fact that I have a new partner. Um, but my mom does not know that my partner is trans. So I tell my mom, mom, I have something to tell you about Alex. Um, Alex is going to be their name. Um, please don't refer to them as, as dead name. Here are their pronouns. Their pronouns are they, them. I am so happy. I'm so in love with this person. They are being their authentic self. This is amazing and wonderful. And my mom kind of sat there and pondered it for a minute and then said, Oh my God, Kim, does that mean Alex wants a penis? <laughs> My impersonation, by the way, is spot on. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> oh my God, does that mean? And I remember looking at my mom and of course I had to start laughing because she was trying to be like, I don't know, she felt safe and asking me all the questions. But when people, and it is not just my mother that has asked me this question, like Kim, you're a lesbian and your partner is transitioning. Does that mean they're going to get a penis. Right. Yes. And so it's it's like everybody is thinking that, you know, not really remembering that love is love. Right. That love is love. And, and yeah. truthfully, like, I mean, I don't know that you want to talk about your, your body parts to whoever is out there listening, but I'm amazed at how focused we are yes. 
on body parts. Yes, I, yeah, well, we'll get there to the questions I've received. We will get there, okay. <laughs> so I guess my answer to my mother was, no mom, um, Alex is not going to get a penis um, and we're gonna stop the conversation right there. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about Alex's body parts. Any more than that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Love you, mom. We could go off on a tangent, but we could. Know. All right, but okay. we'll stick to our questions. Okay, your turn. All right, so um, one of the questions, um, so as soon as I was beginning to speak up about, I realized I was trans, I realized I was non-binary, a few months later, um, understood that I'm also transgender, and then it was almost like a like a um, a let out of a lot of things at one time. So shortly after the ball started rolling and I started social, socially transitioning with my name and getting on hormone therapy, and then and understanding that I needed to um, at, at my own pace come out at work, and so. I was one of the questions I got after my class one time was so Alex now that you're Alex are you going to take hormones okay <laughs> I was actually there for that question and yeah. it landed like a lead balloon yes and it's like the intent for me I went right to intent versus impact that you and I have talked about so much and I, I understood where this person was coming from and um, I was, I was, I was terrified that that day getting up and even just saying my name, and I don't even think I said my pronouns. Like I just got to my name, mm-hmm. and got smacked with, "Are you gonna <laughs> take hormones?" So you're like way nicer than I am. I'm gonna, <laughs> sp- I'm gonna spill like all the tea about this conversation. I'm gonna be like, you know. Picture it. <laughs> <laughs> not Sicily. Picture it. Not Sicily. No. Um, where we live in Colorado and you um, are a fitness instructor. That is yeah. that is one of the jobs that, that you do as a multi-talented human being. And to give people a little bit of an idea, you coming out at work meant standing in front of a hundred person class that you have built um, quite a following for people are really, really passionate about you, what you do for a living. Um, you are an amazing instructor. I mean, it's like trying to get a spot in your class. Sometimes it's like, you got to elbow some people out of your way. Like people are like, that is my real estate in this class. And, And it gets super, super intense. But one of the things I love about your class is if you're a person that's taken it, you can take a look around the other hundred people are, that are in the room and it's a very inclusive space. There is every color, there's every um, identity, there's ages, and and the best part is, is like it's really just a bunch of people that wanna get like really filthy and into dancing on a Friday. Yep. And, and you've always said, do the best you want to buy that brought you in here. There's no mess ups, just many solos. And, um, this is your safe space. Just kind of like let your, you know, because movement is therapy. And so you're really, if you come, if you came in angry that day, you dance angry. You, if you came in on top of the world, like you, you dance and maybe you'll feel different by the end of class. But it's a pretty magical, it's a magical space. Yes. 
But every week you start class, you stand up on a stage and you say, hi, my name is Alex. My pronouns are they, them. Um, welcome to class. You usually have something for us to think about so that we're a little bit intentional. But for years it was, hi, welcome to class. My name is, and it would be your dead name. Mm -hmm. And so you coming to class that day and saying in front of hundreds of people, your name, um, I don't know, I don't remember if you did your pronouns, but you definitely said your name. I remember it really clearly because I had dead, you know, dead name, of course, and then I went to just my other last name, mm -hmm. and then I went to uh, um, Alex. Yeah. And I remember looking over at you and Tall Jen, mm -hmm. like, because you were my safety blankets. You were like my comfort. Like, I knew that I could, you know, if I was going to lose it or whatever, you know, that you guys were just safe spaces for me within the safe space. Right. Yeah. So this is the class that you basically come in and you're like, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it today. And you come in and you say, hi, my name is Alex. Yep. I said Alex. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you And you did tell a little bit of your story of just, you know, who you were and everybody cheered. People were really happy. Um, for you, I think it had probably been a little bit clear that you had been transitioning at least a little bit in physical appearance prior to coming out and saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I think people could tell because, yeah, people could tell. People could tell. So after class, people are mingling around and a, a well-intentioned, yep. a well-intentioned woman comes up who I'm going to say is of a certain age. She's a little bit older, right? And she, her first question out of her mouth was, so are you going to start taking Hormones. hormone therapy? And part of me was like, well, sweetie, we could ask you the same thing. Like not realizing how, um, you know, emotionally charged the day had probably already been for you. Yeah. And then to put that question out, it was like, oh boy, people really feel like they can ask whatever they want. Yeah. It took, I remember just being like, um... I think I said something like, I'm not sure, but I don't really want to talk about that right now. And she did take that well. Yeah. She backed right off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and which was a win for me because I up to, you know, was learning how to set boundaries. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah. I'm like, boy, talk about setting boundaries. Yeah. So, okay. Anything else you want to say about that question? No. Because you do get it more than just that one person. People ask you about... Well, eventually I just started talking about because people are going to be able to tell because my voice was changing. And then, and, and so I just, and, and then I also knew that I wanted to talk about it eventually because. It's important to it's, talk about it's, it. Yeah, it's important, to, you know, the transparency and yeah, the visibility of it. I will say what's funny with your voice is, you know, because I listen to you all day and, and obviously we live together. I never really noticed your voice changing until you played a video for me of you speaking a few years ago. And I was like, who is that? Right. And it was you and yeah. your voice is really different. Yeah. 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 Yeah, baby. It is. <laughs> okay. I got a few more hairs on my chin and my voice a little lower. <laughs> I mean, we can talk, maybe, maybe that can be like other questions that people ask you, like what happened to your body? Like, no, there's, <laughs> yep. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other one. Um, okay, so other other, I'm gonna go with one of my questions now. Um, this is one I get fairly regularly. But Kim, 
you don't look like a lesbian. Oh, that's... And usually I raise an eyebrow, look at them and say, well, what does a lesbian look like? And then cue embarrassment and awkwardness and red in the face and, oh, I, I, and I'm like, okay, so you're obviously picturing like what? Like I didn't bring my lacrosse stick with me today (laughs) or your flannel shirt and you're like, my flannel was left at home and I don't know. And, and typically that is people of a certain, of, of, of a certain age. I don't really get that from, from the younger folks that, you know, I work with or I'm around, but definitely Gen X and older. I don't present to them as what they think a lesbian is. So let me, if you have not seen our TikTok page, let me just describe a little bit what Kim looks like. Oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> Kim is a brown angel. <laughs> She's got brown skin, dark brown hair, um, beautiful brown eyes. Why, um, thank you. Beautiful body. Um, Are you going to tell me what I do every day? Oh, she does CrossFit. She does CrossFit. She does some kicks. I go running. Mm-hmm. I love to run. Yep. Um, do you like the word femme? Or... Well, I don't because I don't feel personality-wise that I'm a super feminine person. I but, think I'm in a very feminine-looking body. Yes. Pre- present, Presenting-wise, you... Yes, you're you're very feminine body. But I think some of the personality characteristics we attribute to femme or feminine, mm-hmm. like I I don't I'm I think you I'm really far from that. But maybe I'm not. I don't know. I don't. I think, I think like you, I don't really love a lot of labels. Yeah. I'm just me. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely understand. Like you wouldn't look at me and think. You would look at me and think femme. Yeah. Right. I have long hair and. I don't know. Yeah. I hate talking about the way I look. It's really uncomfortable. But does anyone like it? I don't know. I guess some people do. They do? Like maybe Kim Kardashian does. Maybe. I I mean, I guess. She's very pretty though. You know, we can, we can, do we, are we, we can describe our attributes. Like I have, you know, brown hair, brown eyes. Like is that, you can say that. But in terms of like, like. Like shapes. You're a beautiful person. I am on the inside. You are a beautiful person and on the outside too. Maybe to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, your turn. Okay. Um, so this one came from a kid, a little girl. And, um, but also I'll, I'll piggyback it with, it also came from a... Old, like a like a 18, 19 year old teenage boy at the grocery store one day, which was, are you a boy or a girl? Um, and the little girl, the time that she asked me, um, it was actually before I started taking tea and I was at school picking up the kids and she goes, because you look like a boy, but you sound like a girl. And... So I just told her, I, you know, and she was like five. So with, with kids, of course, I love the innocence and the, and, the, and the honesty that they have. And then I'm just like, you know, here's an opportunity for me to say, well, I'm just me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was just kind of like, huh? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm me. And she was like, okay, I'm going to go swing. Like, and just, and moved on. But she um, just rolled. Right. She just rolled. 
But then the teenage boy, you know, the 19, 20 year old, however old he, he, he was like, huh? And I was like, I'm, I'm human just like you are. And, and that he could not get out of, but are you a boy or a girl? And I'm like, and then I, I just moved on in the conversation, got my groceries and left. But I'm like, what he's really asking is what's in your pants? Which is so interesting to me that, well, number one, that this is happening in a grocery store. Right. Like, I really would love to know why the person checking out your groceries needs to know this. Like, is this is this imperative to him being able to do his job correctly? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, and I, I, I would imagine that that is not written into the job expectations. Yes. Um, it might be something like, please make sure that you're politely... Um, you know, thinking, engaging, talking with whomever um, it, it is checking out. So, you know, the, the standard, yes, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Right. All that sort of genderized crap that we do in society. Yeah. But was it really, did he really need to know? And so I think that is one of the questions that at least we've seen on some of our social media accounts a lot is I've always taught my children Right, that they say yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and and that's polite. Mm-hmm. Um, is is kind of what we always hear, and they say, well, what do you want to, what do you want our children to say? And I'm like, I would like you to teach your children that you don't have to genderize everything. That's yeah. actually what I would like you to consider is is let's stop forcing everything to be in a binary. Yeah, what people, I really trip people up because I like to wear makeup sometimes but I have big shoulders and short hair and my voice is deep and... But your face is quite feminine. But my face is a little bit, um, yeah. And so I, for someone who's maybe never, I don't know. Maybe never met a non-binary person before. Yeah, openly, who knew that they were non-binary. I really, yeah. So I definitely, I, I can challenge people's concepts of gender. So can we like take a detour for a minute? Sure. And can I talk about you as a drag performer for a little oh, bit and okay. w- and why I think you were so awesome <laughs> at it? Okay. So when you were just saying you really challenge people to think outside of the binary. Um, so I think we've talked about this on here before. Like you're fa- in, in the state of Colorado, like you're a famous drag performer. People know you, they follow you. You were drag king of of the year before we hit into into COVID. Um, you are, I think, when we look at like the overall success of like what we call drag kings, which technically you're not because you're a non-binary performer, um, you're pretty famous, like people know you. Um, and one of the things that I've told you I've always really liked about you as a performer is even when, um, you know, like the standard, like, oh, we've got our drag queens, we've got our drag kings, and I can see the way that everyone reacts to you because nobody's exactly quite sure. Am I looking at, I'm sorry, I'm gonna like put people in categories here, but am I looking at a femme man or am I looking at a masculine woman? And the blurring of that line Mm -hmm. and how you kind of pull people into your performance, I think is probably what made you such a, and and continues to make you such a magical performer because it's that, um, that intrigue I think you create around, around your physical self. Yeah. Which not a lot of people can do. Yeah. I mean, I was, I thought it was interesting after, you know, people, after performance, people like gay men would be like, I'm, 
really questioning my sexuality right now. I'm like, and which is it's a little bit of an overshare, it's but a little, I get the a point. little overshare, but I get the shit. Yeah. So, um, I think I like, I like when people don't know, I want people to look at me on stage and, and as you're saying, kind of, and just see me as a, as a human who's performing. So if that's how you want people to see you when you're performing, how do you want people to see you in your day to day life? The same, the same where they're not quite sure. Um, yeah, because, uh, yeah, because I know that I spent, I have spent time kind of putting myself into boxes and I'm like, I'm really not in any box. I really don't like, um, you know, we, we genderize makeup and we genderize clothing and I'm like, I just want to wear what I want to wear and I'm going to wear makeup and you can think I'm a boy who wears makeup or you can think I'm a, I'm a masculine woman. Um, or I don't really care, but I'm going to be this, a a person. So we have a friend, um, who is also non-binary, but when you ask them Mm -hmm. about pronouns, Mm -hmm. their answer is usually, I don't care how you refer to me as long as you do it respectfully. Yeah. And I've always listened and, and that's their truth and I'm happy for them. But I don't know, I don't know if that, if that is the same for you. Like you, you really do want people to use they, them, and mm-hmm. you tend to react differently when people use he or sir with you versus she and lady. Yeah. They, them is like, you know, the, but I still, I kind of. What's the word? Um, I get a, a, a pang, you know, when I hear he, him. But of the three, um, she, her is like a stab. It, it's a stab. It, it feels like a stab. It's a, I'm like, oh, ouch. And then, then going to the knowingness of like, okay, you're presenting this way. You're wearing these things. You have makeup on. Like, what are the physical things that's, that someone is seeing or about even just the way I move or the way I look that they're saying that person is a female. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but just hearing she, I'm like, nope. Well, let's talk about the word lady too. Ew. I hate that word. <laughs> like I totally identify with she, her, those are my pronouns, you know, female. But when someone calls me a lady, I kind of want to be like, listen, you need to back that lady shit up. <laughs> I am not 80. I am not wearing a cardigan. I don't have my glasses on a rope around my neck. Like, my name is not, like, Ida. Like, come on. I'm not a lady. Well, it's also, like, that idea that you're this this proper, you follow all these rules, and you're, like, in this... And that is not me at confinement all. Confinement right. Completely That's not. not me at all. I'm a badass, like, burn it down person. You are. I know. With the Elmo, the... My Elmo fire. The Elmo okay. fire. I don't even know whose question it is. Now. It's your turn. It's mine? Yep. Are you sure? Yeah, mm-hmm. I just did the um are you a boy or a girl? Oh, okay. All right. Um So a question I do I do get a lot um and this is actually a, a really like I'm okay answering this one is I get the question Kim, um are you happier? Are you happier now that this is, you know, that you, you basically 
um, you know, came out and, and changed your life? And the short answer is yes, of course, mm-hmm. of course I'm happier. Um, you cannot put a price on, you can't, you just, you can't put a price, you can't put a word, you can't put a feeling. It, it is all the things of being a human being that is able to live authentically and not hide. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the, you know, being true to oneself and allowing yourself the freedom to just be, you can't put, there's no price that you can put on that. Yeah. What is a little bit harder is there is a price of admission yep. to that. Yep. So there's parts of my life that no, they don't feel happier. Um, you know, for a long time, I think, you know, coming out and, and really changing the dynamic and how my, my children live. Um, there's obviously friends that did not react well, mm-hmm. um, really made it, uh, and I, I don't mean this harshly to them, but really took my coming out and feeling like, what did it say about them that they didn't know versus, mm-hmm. you know, what that experience was like for me. I mean, we had dinner with um, some friends on Friday night mm-hmm. and in a very loving and supportive way, they were having a hard time understanding the price of what coming out to people who have known you for a long time feels like. Yeah. And I was trying to explain to them that you can feel a little bit like everybody's talking about you. Um, everyone is, is, you know, what is the one thing that, you know, we've always said when you come out to someone and they're like, oh, well, I kind of figured that out. Like how horrible that feels Mm -hmm. because you have gotten so you think you're hiding so well and then to find out that you were not hiding and it was painfully obvious to other people that you were gay you just weren't ready to tell them yet yeah that can feel like such a violation of your privacy Mm -hmm. so you know am i happier of course 100 percent i'm i am i am absolutely happy and content but there are things and people that i lost along the way um, it inevitably made life more difficult for my children in the short term. Mm-hmm. That that's a price of admission. Yeah, I, it's interesting because I still still think that like in some sense we're still in that little bit of, of that raw stage, even though it's been like years now, a, a few years, but it it's still it's still kind of raw. It is. Yeah, it is still raw, and I think you know if anyone out there is listening and you are thinking about coming out and I know for a lot of women in particular there's a lot of fear because of children because of family units Mm -hmm. um financial right like if you're in a in a couple and um maybe your your husband is the the you know breadwinner um all of those fears like yeah they're real I'm not gonna say that they're not real they are they're very real but it is worth it to be your authentic self because you will be able to figure out those other pieces. Yeah. And you know, Glennon Doyle, man, she, she wrote Untamed. Yeah. And there was a section of that book that talked about the family unit. And if any person within that family unit isn't able to show up as their true authentic self, the family unit is already broken. Right. Um, and that motherhood is not being a martyr. Yeah. And so, you know, short answer, am I happier? Of course I'm happier. Yeah. But it came with a lot of 
ups and downs, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. But now that I'm like a couple years out, Mm -hmm. like the feeling, like you're saying like that rawness, like it's still there, right? Like I can sometimes feel, still feel that same anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the most part, like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Yep. Me too. Absolutely. That, that big picture that, you know, um, especially with the kids, like that we have, it, it, it's that, that resonate out and trickle down to, um, the energy is, the energy is real and it, it's felt throughout the system. Well, I think one of the, about being happier, one of the interesting things I learned in being a parent, right, mm-hmm. is my children, you know, the biggest thing, like people ask you like all the time as a parent, like what is the one thing you want for your kids? And most mothers I meet and fathers, I shouldn't exclude them from this, but I, I just tend to end up talking to more mothers. But what is the one thing you want for your kids? Answer is always, I want my kids to be happy. Yeah. So in modeling a life for my children, was I really willing to say I'm going to stay in a closet and be unhappy and think that that's actually teaching my children how to be happy? happy? Exactly. So I look at, you know, my kids now and it's again, and it's a few years. I don't want to like make it sound like it was all roses and puppies and cupcakes and all this rainbow, wonderful shit. It wasn't. But now when I look at them a couple years out, they've said to me a few times how they value themselves how they have self-worth, um, how they understand like the, 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 the value of letting other people be who they are and letting themselves be. And I do relate that to they had a parent, well, more than one parent, they've had parents really model that to them. Yeah. So I guess, you know, you have to ask yourself the question, if your goal for your children in life is for them just to be happy, why are you not willing to grant that for yourself Mm -hmm. that was that was a lot of therapy hours right there yeah yeah that's deep is it it is you're kind of like looking at me like i am okay yeah that's a good look it's it's yeah because i'm feeling it i'm feeling it deep are you percolating that i am i love that word yeah i think i was just thinking about how you know when ari came out and just the um, and Ari is Ari's my daughter. She's 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 transgender, and I was already in the middle of you know m- my journey. Um, but then we were in our journey. But um, how she just kind of like I don't want to use the word trigger, but you know like th- you know things happen in life where it just kind of like accelerates a certain like s- some part of the process, and she. She, um, she kind of did that for me. She was a, a, a catalyst, a catalyst to, to like, if you want to, you know, really live and you gotta, you gotta be yourself and this is gonna, and then it was like, oh, this is what the, all this involves. So, yeah, I just think bottom line for kids, if you are not willing to be yourself, how are you modeling? What is that actually modeling for your children? Right. And then talk about when they're in their 20s and they're looking back and being like, why do I feel so, insert whatever word it is, and and knowing then you have to deconstruct this entire 
family system that was actually rooted on people not being themselves. Or hiding. Or hiding. I mean, really hiding. Yeah. 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 The betrayal of... um, Of self. Of self. Mm -hmm. And that's something I think you and I both experienced at different... Um, at different levels mm-hmm. in our in our 20s but for both of us there was huge betrayals mm-hmm. to ourselves of, of the people that we were I would never ever wish that for my children nope um, really for any other human being yeah um, you know but I mean unless like maybe you're like a serial killer like please betray yourself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe you're some horrible narcissistic asshole sociopath like you can betray yourself yeah I'm kidding but but for but for you know that honoring yourself people say it all the time I'm on this journey to honor myself well sometimes that takes a hefty dose of bravery mm-hmm and 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 doing the things that you don't, what is, what's the quote, you know, what is, um, right isn't always easy. And this was, was right. Yeah. Um, it was not always easy. Mm -mm. I mean, I've shared with you, you know, we live in, um, a really small community. Yeah. Although we live just outside of Denver, Colorado, which is, you know, millions of, a couple million of people, but we, we live in a small suburban community. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, I felt like going through this process of coming out, it was like my whole town, because I think we're the only gay people that live here. Um, I get it. It was, there was a salaciousness about what happened. Yeah. Um, you know, that I was this nice little suburban, really, I was, I've always been a working mother, but a, a, I'm a very successful working mother. I have a, I have a very big career. Um, and I was well known within the community. I, you know, kids in the school, I did the PTO. Um, I did all the things that you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's like the soccer mom came out as gay and holy shit. Did I feel like everyone in the town all of a sudden was talking about me and my little life and my coming out. Mm-hmm. And you know, the day that it really hit me is one of the women who live in our neighborhood who I would not describe her as the friendliest person. She was walking, you know, I'm walking my dog. She's walking with, with another woman and she sees me coming and she jaywalked across the street to avoid having to make eye contact with me or to say hello. And I've known her for years. And that was probably on you. If you would have asked me on that day, are you happier? I don't know that I would have said yes. Yeah. That felt like um, it was it was one of the most hurtful things I think another human being has ever has ever done, where you couldn't just look me in the eye and say, "I see you." Yep. It was cruel. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. But maybe we should focus on. So there's that one thing, right? But on the other side, am I happier? Right, like, are you happier? I do think we have an amazing community of allies and support uh, people that support us. Yes, which far outweigh that stupid Karen. Yeah, there's always that duality of like the and, right? Where there's you know, yes, yes, you're happier, and um, the people you thought were your friend or you know like 
when they're you see you see you can't hot you can't when someone is really like the truth is there you can't like some people they can't handle it they can't handle it and they um um it's painful that was painful yeah but at the same time i survived it right i still walk all the time and you know what i still see her all the time yeah and i'm still here yeah and guess what? And I'm still queer. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't get rid of me. Totally. <laughs> okay. All you want right. to do one more? Let's do one more. Um. Oh, that one's pretty heavy. Um, the bottom one. Nope. <laughs> um, let's go with this. Is this is pretty common? Um, how are you a they? You're one person. Oh my God, I wish we had a jar for every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, I've done some TikToks about, about pronouns. Um, we use they all the time. When you don't know the gender of someone, you use they. And, you know, like, like the wallet. Um, I the, love the wallet example. There's the wallet example where, you know, like you're walking down the street, you find a wallet and you say, huh, someone lost their wallet. I wonder if they are looking for it. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. And then it's like, oh, because this wallet belongs to one person. There's probably a driver's license in there. Maybe some money. It's, it's people usually don't share wallets. Maybe, maybe they do. I don't know. Um, I would share a wallet with you. I'd share a wallet with you too. But you got me a nice one with my initials on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a sweet Christmas present. <laughs> okay. So Yeah. And then they just go right to, um, well, I'm a, you know, English person and they is two. It's plural. Well, I'm one person. <laughs> you are one person. But I think the wallet example is perfect because you don't actually, like, if you think about it, you, the, you don't know who that wallet belongs to. So you don't genderize the mm-hmm. wallet. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, I don't know. We just live in such a... We live in such a binary world and you know, I was obviously living in the in the in the binary normative for a long time, but mm-hmm. it's been so eye-opening being in a relationship and living with a person that does not identify in the binary. And you're like, why would you you know, why why do we do this? Why do we want to why does everyone want to know what's in our pants? You know. Does it matter ever? I, I'd like, yeah, I mean, I think I, I'm working towards a world where, um, you know, all bathrooms are gender neutral and a bathroom just a bathroom. And I still find myself, um, you know, posturing and, and, and preparing for just to, for like, safety in terms of bathrooms, but whatever. There's an awful lot of time spent talking and thinking about where people essentially go to pee and poo. I know. Like, it's absurd. Yeah. Make it single stalls, all genders. Problem solved. Problem solved. Yep. Yep. Just here to pee, just like you are. (laughs) I'm more concerned if people wash their hands. Uh Uh-huh. Because I've seen a lot of people in the bathroom that don't. And that's just gross. Right? 
That's more dangerous than the trans person trying to pee. It's way more dangerous, <laughs> especially now. Like with, well, we're we're one vaccine down, one we down, are. one to go, one down, one to go. Anything else you want to do off your list tonight? Um, I'll do what real quick. The why did you change from being a girl to what is it? Non-binary? Huh? What's that word? What? And I think the important thing is to acknowledge that I didn't change from being a girl because girl would be, it was the, the gender identity that was assigned to me at birth. And yes, I have, you know, based off my, my anatomy, um, they're like, it's a girl, but you're always like, you're always non-binary. You're always transgender you're you 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 don't change your gender you you've always been that gender you just decide and acknowledge it to yourself and then decide to tell other people thank you for saying that yep i want you to like say that again for the people in the cheap seats (laughs) you don't change your gender you just finally acknowledge it to yourself and then to and then decide to finally tell other people yep You've always been non-binary and they, them. You didn't one day change to it. Nope. Always been you. Yep. Just like I've always been queer. I didn't one day decide to be queer. Always was. Yep. And in the binary world, being non-binary, it it makes sense now why I felt crazy. Like, like... This doesn't make any sense. I must be, there's, there must be something wrong with me. And now that I know that non-binary is actually, you know, it exists, <laughs> that I exist, I don't feel like... Uh, you don't feel so crazy. I don't feel crazy. I just, I know that I fit everywhere and nowhere. You've said that before. And yeah. there's, there's a, a tinge of like sadness to that statement because... I hate that I, I and I know what it feels like to feel like you don't belong anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you know, sexuality is one is one thing, orientation is one thing, and identity because it's so much at the core of who we are. So I'm just so glad you have the language. Me too. That makes me happy. So we play this this game every night, almost every night when we eat dinner, and we play it with all the kids or whoever is at our house enjoying a meal with us. We play high-low, which is you state best part of your day, worst part of your day. And I think this was the best part of my day. Me too. Did you have a low today? Oh, I actually, no. No. The whole day, um, unless I'm blanking on something, I had a really good day. It was a good day. Lots of good things. It was a good day. Yeah. Alrighty, should we wrap this session thank you for listening to how to be queer when you pretended to be gay or pretended to be straight when you pretended to be (laughs) straight note to kim learn the name of the podcast (laughs) you're participating in don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review we are available on different platforms i saw that we're now available on google podcasts google podcasts and uh spotify Spotify. all the way all the other uh, other places that you can 
access your podcasts. But they search on how to how to be queer, Alex Vaughn. That's you. That's me. And they can send us an email. Send us an email to how to be queer podcast at gmail.com. And always send us your comments, your stories. We would love to hear other perspectives. What are some weird questions you get asked? Yeah. I'd love to know. Yeah. Tell us your stories. All right. Should we call it a night? We should. Okay. Love you all. Love you all. Good night, little balls of magic. Good night. Tomorrow is another day. Remember we talked about the book Good Night Moon? And I always loved that book, but then other people think it's creepy. I loved it, but it's also creepy. I don't think it's creepy. Good night. <laughs> Good night, Moon. Good, Good night. night, room. <laughs> Good night, ball of magic. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.